You're listening to Version Control, Pound and Grain's digital news show. Tis the season, for deals that is. The spending frenzy that is Black Friday is upon us once again, and Version Control aims to take a gander into the shopping phenomenon. It's the most wonderful time of the year for retailers and consumers alike. The season that props up the American economy. No less than 30% of annual retail sales occur between Black Friday and Christmas. Before we dig into the what's, why's, and how's of the holiday that makes or breaks your material dreams, let's take a Coles Notes journey through the history of everyone's favorite spendathon. The name Black Friday dates back to the 60s, given to the day following Thanksgiving. Abnormal amounts of people took the day off and stormed stores to get some pre-holiday shopping in. Savvy retailers took note and began offering deals on the day in an effort to cash in on the apparent interest. In the years since, the shopping event has grown and shifted to become the unruly beast that it is today. IRL, Black Friday is a brick and mortar circus. Since 2010, the race for the hottest deal has resulted in 10 deaths and 111 injuries in the United States alone. In fact, you're more likely to die in a Black Friday-related incident than you are a shark attack. Fun times. Though 2017 still saw the majority of Black Friday participants opt for a brick-and-mortar and online purchase medley, online sales have steadily increased since the inception of e-commerce. 2017 drew no less than $7.9 billion in sales, so the numbers are nothing to scoff at. Online and in-store Black Friday activity differs in one major way, duration. Online deals offer potential to open the deal space to a week-long or even month-long event without significantly affecting overhead. In light of the numbers that it posts, no one would seek to deny that online Black Friday action will continue to grow. So the question becomes more of a how do we gain a foothold in this space and maximize our output sort of scenario for retailers rather than the question of whether to participate in the online space at all? That question inevitably leads back to the follow-up question of how to compete in a space occupied by the juggernaut that is Amazon. In 2017, Amazon recorded approximately half of all online Black Friday sales. One reason for this is that due to its gargantuan power and influence, Amazon can afford to make concessions to consumers where smaller retailers cannot. For instance, Amazon recently announced that it was doing away with a minimum purchase price for free delivery eligibility. Easy enough to do when you post a third quarter earnings report of $57 billion. Moreover, in its quest for world domination, Amazon has been able to create a retail ecosystem that is tough to rival. From smart speakers, the Echo line featuring Alexa, to entertainment with Amazon Prime, and even basics for the mundane everyday items. Amazon, it seems, has all markets cornered. How do marketers use Black Friday to their advantage? Can any retailer hope to compete with Amazon? And what sweet items does Mark have in his sites for his Black Friday purchases this year? All of these questions and more will be answered when the version control team digs into the Black Friday fun. Version Control presents a Black Friday of Amazonian proportions. (laughs) 
And we're back for another episode of Version Control. Everyone get excited. (laughs) I like it. I like the sound effect stylings of Mark. Uh, So we've got a great roundtable today. We've got a usual cast of nerds. Uh, We've got Mark Cameron. Hey. It's your birthday today. Happy birthday. By the time you you listen to this podcast, it won't be your birthday anymore. Oh, man. That's the last we'll talk about that. We got Nick Ewan back from a whirlwind trip of the Far East. Far East. I'm just happy to be here on Mark's almost 30th birthday. <laughs> almost 30? Jeez. Well, that's another podcast. <laughs> uh, we've got Ivana, who did not go away, and it's not your birthday. No. Sadly. And then uh, lurking in the background is always the ever fun, but doesn't want to be on microphone, Scott Lou And... <laughs> and myself, Jackson. So we've got an exciting episode, as you heard from the introduction. We're going to talk about Black Friday and digital marketing and Black Friday and digital marketing. What's really exciting about Birthday Boy over here is that uh, he's kind of our resident uh, user expert of all things uh, Amazon and uh, ordering things online. You don't like actually go to stores anymore, do you? Um, no, I, I don't know the stores. <laughs> I actually have a, a shopping problem. That's what this is now. <laughs> oh, this is the intervention. <laughs> yeah, this is the intervention. <laughs> so if we were really doing this right, we'd really not be talking about the Friday. We'd be talking about the Cyber Monday because that's really what we'd care about. But I think the the whole purpose of this is really to talk about like what what it's all about, what are the opportunities, why it's such a big deal, or maybe hot taking it as maybe it's not really a big deal for lots of people. So who wants to have the first hot take? My hot take (laughs) is that it's not really Black Friday, Cyber Monday anymore. It's kind of just like a week long to two week long event. Um, Like all the deals leading up to it are just as good as the the day of. Um, And they actually say that buying a new TV, um, the best time to buy a new TV is two weeks before Black Friday. That's when the sales are the best. You know what? I think that's true because I was at Best Buy and they had tons of TVs lined up and Mm -hmm. they were all like crazy discounts. Mm -hmm. So it definitely is. It's like, uh, it's almost like a month long thing too. Like a lot of deals start at the beginning of November. I miss Boxing Day. It's still a thing. Isn't it still a thing? Yeah, but it's not as, it's not as good. Well, now it's turned into a week, just like they've stretched Black Friday into almost a week plus a Cyber Monday. So basically from... From Thanksgiving in the U.S. all the way through till New Year's Day is just one long sale of holiday magic, which given my background, I know that I really like the holiday season because I'm really into the Hallmark movie thing. Just thought I'd throw that back in there. Uh, (laughs) Scott's already shaking his head at me because I'm derailing this real fast. Uh, but, but I guess like it's, it's kind of fatigue from the user's perspective or the consumer's perspective that like, there's just so much to go. It just never stops. Like as soon as Starbucks rolls, starts rolling out those red cups, uh, it's kind of like all Christmas all the time and it's buy, sell, I sound not like a the capitalist that I am. I should be encouraging all this, but it is just like one like buy, 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 and this is what saves retailers and why they invest so much money starting in um, Black Friday uh, because it's it's that signature event that drives a lot of their annual sales, mm-hmm. like sales being not on sale, but but their their kind of retail numbers. So I guess 
how do you, maybe my question for the group is, how do you make consumers care about what you're selling in a really competitive market? Well, I think that's where the kind of the, the dichotomy, if you will, between like e-commerce and retail stores has to exist. Um, that's why, you know, all the sales are um, advertised online, but then it says in-store only. Like that's kind of their way of, they know you're going to be looking online, but they still want to get you into the brick and mortar store. So you got to think both sides of the coin. So the only way to uh, personalize that experience is by targeting online browsers of your store. Um, like there's no way to really personalize the experience for someone who's already made it into the store. So is that the way to attract customers and make it unique? I think, well, I mean, I think the one example that we've seen so far here is because like everyone's already into their like holiday ads, like their big TV spots and kind of big heartwarming Elton John song driven um, videos. <laughs> Mark rolls his eyes. <laughs> um, I think like one one example of like using the holiday in an interesting way or hacking it is the the, the Burger King stuff. Um, so they they're doing a Black Friday Whopper Shopper, basically like a website to encourage you to to uh, click through to other brand sites and buy, and then that earns you. Whopper dollars. Um, so you get <laughs> in the video, it seems like you get like actual real world coupons delivered to you in the mail because you have to sign up on the site. But it's an interesting way of like you can't really McDonald's or Burger King or a retailer like that isn't doing like a Black Friday sale for a, a Big Mac, but they can have fun with the fact that people's eyeballs are trained to shopping and that you can make it a little fun game. Love it. That's smart. Brand partnerships. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if they're like really that that partnershipy or just like just like they just accept that you've gone and done that. Yeah, it's a symbiotic relationship. Though. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. They're like the little uh, those little birds on like African elks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. But I think it, like, you have to get pretty far out there to like make it a, a splash, other than something that's on sale yeah like something conceptual that like actually people talk about well i think black friday is like really for like electronic um purchases too because it's like the end of the year and that's when um everybody's kind of trying to get rid of their stock and then come out with their new products so i feel like that's really what drives it a lot because i don't know whenever i'm on amazon i mean it's probably tailored to me but like i feel like like on red flag deals, most people are talking about um, like Best Buy deals or Walmart electronics deals um, or like Amazon electronic deals. That's kind of the big, the big thing. Um, but I don't know how you separate yourself within that um, sector. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess it comes down to like who wins Black Friday. Is right. it the retailers or is it the consumers? I guess you're saying it's a little bit of the consumers because you're getting, you're cashing in on them kind of clearing out the the current year stuff. Yeah, the old tech. Yeah. 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 Well, why would you want the old stuff? Well, because it's not that much worse than the new stuff, and it's like a fraction of the price. I can tell you one thing that like has to be on your list, um, and maybe we'll get into this spoiler alert in some of our other segments, but you got to get that PS4 and Red Dead <laughs> Redemption too. You got to get it. Like if you're not, if you're getting anything, like that is a must. Like that's I, what the electronic piece that I you don't should know be buying. If, if you want me playing that game until 2 a.m. every weeknight <laughs> as Mark, my employer. Mark, you're responsible now. You just had a birthday. You're an adult. You're a full adult. Uh, yeah. Man. 
So I would respect that you could do that. You got here during the snow, so I'm so proud of you. First snowfall on my birthday every year. Mark, you mentioned Walmart and Best Buy, which, you know, for some of us, like you're like, wow, those things still exist. But I have read a a ton of stuff about Best Buy making a resurgence and Walmart like still is doing kind of amazing things. And we've talked about that on the podcast. But what, um, like, how can those kind of old school retail concepts um, adjust and adapt and like leverage Black Friday? Like how do you get people to actually show up at the store when you can just prime everything? And, and, and maybe that's the, the context for retailers is like, why would you even entertain going to a store? Um, I don't, I don't think they have a fight. Like, I think that's going to be a dying thing. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't think a physical Walmart is going to exist in 20 years from now. No, that's a hot take. It is, but it's also very difficult to see. I mean, in the research that I did, I was up for this topic. I was surprised to learn that the majority of people still go to a brick and mortar for Black Friday, uh, and that is now. That's not twenty years from now, but that's still a lot of people who have access to the internet and choose to go into a physical space for some mm-hmm. reason. Not really sure why. I wonder if it's because they make it a big event. Like if it's like a, a fun family time, I know people die doing it, but <laughs> I remember as a kid, like lining up for, um, boxing day sales with my dad outside of Best Buy, um, for like an iPod or something. And it was something we did every year. <laughs> we so would, quaint. we would go to the mall and line up and it was just like a nice family outing. Um, we would never get actual Christmas gifts. We would just get X amount of dollars More to go stuff. shopping, <laughs> just to go shopping on boxing day. And it was always just a nice fun event so i don't know maybe that's that plays into it somehow and it is around the holidays there certainly is an event or like a incentive to go to the actual store because like one they probably have additional deals that aren't on their like mm-hmm. e-commerce side and then two that um you walk away with it mm-hmm. like there's yeah. still that even with prime you're still like not instantly gratified with some of your purchases it could take oh my god up to two days to get to you yeah which if you need that ps4 i mean you don't want to wait yeah i think i should backtrack a little to say that most people um did a a mix of both online shopping and irl so i think the tangible experience won't be going away anytime soon just like you just said jackson people want to be able to put their hands on the thing that they are just and get it get it like that same day Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's what's going to continue to differentiate um, retail and e-commerce and keep retail alive because like what online shopping offers is convenience and retail can't really compete with that level of convenience. But what they do offer that, you know, online shopping doesn't is the experience. So with, in the case of Black Friday, yeah, it's being part of that crowd and getting that awesome deal and having it in your hands and getting to like play with it or enjoy Mm -hmm. it right away. Immediately, yeah. Um, but it's also like beyond Black Friday, it's, it's, I think that the way that retail retailers can compete is creating that experience in the store. So like you see people integrating like, um, like performances or, um, like workshops and things like that to get people into the stores, things that you can't experience elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So, and I mean, let's maybe let's go down a rabbit hole of just Amazon in general, where they're, they're going from digital only e-commerce only to actual opening of store experiences Mm -hmm. or combining with their purchase of uh um whole foods like the the connection between those two two places so i guess like you know 
a question to, to talk about is like, how can you compete with, with Amazon? So there's a couple of things about Amazon is that like people, marketers spending their dollars, um, Amazon's catching up. So people are spending their dollars on Amazon. Um, I got a figure here from marketing land where retails are spending the most at Google, which is unsurprisingly then Facebook and Amazon is kind of coming up third behind. And what's really interesting is that half of us consumers consumers are starting their search for new products on Amazon, not mm. Google. You just, your first order of business is like, I need something new. I search Amazon for it. So like there, that whole thing related to black Friday is just how, you know, is Amazon going to dominate everything? Like, I think so. And I think their retail experiences with like whole foods and stuff, I think that's just bridging the gap from, um, where we are now with like two day shipping to eventually it being like, you know, a 10 minute shipping thing where you do get that instant gratification like you would in, in a Best Buy or a Walmart. Um, but I think until they get it to that point, they are going to have to have those retail experiences. Um, and I think Best Buy and Walmart, those instant places will still be around. But if Amazon can get it down to a, a five minute, um, shipping experience, <laughs> like then why, why would you ever go to a store? It doesn't make any sense. But they just have like trucks circling with, uh, PS4s and yeah. 24 seven. And you can be like, I would like one of these. Yeah. And the guy's are like, Hey, Oh, I'm here. <laughs> Isn't it possible? And I don't know what this says about society in general, that people will just want to go to a store for something to do. Like, yeah. Have you say, been, have you been to Eaton center? recently? That's how, that's how malls began. Like, yeah, if you go to Eaton center, there's, I hate it. There's tons of people walking. None of them have bags in their hands. Right. So could you, you can picture like a world where Amazon dominates absolutely everything and there's no brick and mortars and you just sit at home. Well, that's the not the only thing you're going out to do. <laughs> like, that well, sounds great. I don't know. A lot of people, <laughs> I mean, it does. Honestly, I know a lot of people that probably that shopping is kind of their hobby. So, okay. Yeah. Isn't that like what, like just all of what we've kind of been talking about is that like shopping is like a pastime, like buying mm -hmm. stuff. And I know Mark wasn't here for a podcast. We made fun of him of, of, <laughs> of his patented quote about wanting to just enjoy the things, his, his things, How possessions, his possessions. <laughs> is that what it's, I love that we're doing callbacks to old episodes, but I, I think like that idea of retail being such a part of, of people. And, and, you know, obviously there's tons of, of articles and, and thinking around, you know, like buying stuff doesn't necessarily make you more happy or what, any, <laughs> except for Mark. Um, but it, it's kind of fun. Like that's why black Friday works. They've like hyped an event around almost nothing to get people to buy things that they potentially don't mean, which is like a marketer's dream. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an instant serotonin hit for everybody yeah just real quick retail, yeah retail like brick and mortar stores i don't think are ever gonna cease to exist but neither is e-commerce so like retail just has to change their game to to compete with amazon and those big online giants so like having in-store only experiences is one way um you mentioned how amazon like has gone the other way and has created like amazon go like actual stores i think that's something interesting it's almost like they've created that 
um, trust with their consumers and, and built their brand up online first, which a lot of companies do, you know, like they only sell stuff online, they have a social media presence, and then they build the brick and mortar because they already have that following. Mm. I think that's like the way for success. Mm. I think that's probably the biggest challenge that Amazon faces in terms of their customer experience is, we talked about it a lot just in terms of, of prime usership, like the awkwardness of who who they get to deliver and fulfill that is touch and go. Like if it's um, Canada Post, they're 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 uh, it's one type of experience. If it's an Amazon courier, it's another kind of experience. If it's a drone, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, maybe you trust the drone more than like like I've just. I think we've heard Mark on the phone like directing his prime packages <laughs> with various degrees of results. Although you did score something uh, somewhat free because didn't it show up? Or oh something? yeah, I always get free stuff. At yeah, it, so. I've got like a year of prime free from complaining so much. <laughs> Man, great. online shopping is gonna change. I think it needs. It's going to change the actual format and layout of physical spaces because like delivery, right? Like buildings are gonna start to be made. Like okay, everyone gets online orders. How do we create a lobby where you can get these orders yeah. or like in store um they need to be able to bit better manage like online orders and getting those out and like so sorry that just blew my we'll mind we'll yeah say. i mean basically i think that everything comes back to whether it's black friday or not that that amazon and its e-commerce and then its disruption of how delivery and fulfillment goes is what's changing the game. It's not just like that there's sales on Black Friday. It's mm -hmm. it's how you get them, when you get them, how fast it is, how they can scale that up and mm -hmm. beat the competition. Got to get it down to five-minute shipping. Hear so that, Amazon? Again, can any other retailer compete with Amazon, especially if Amazon remains unchecked? in how it can monopolize. I don't think big box stores will be able to compete with them in 10 years. When I, when I say in like 20 years stores won't exist, I mean like Best Buy and yeah. Walmart. I think like mom and pop shops that sell like soy wax candles that smell like lavender. Yeah, you want to like go in and smell smell the candle that you're going to buy. Like no one's, Why I don't think anybody's lavender? buying <laughs> buying like really nice expensive candles from, from Amazon. I don't think that will ever go away, like that physical experience you need. Um, but I think Best Buy and Walmart are doomed 20 years from now. I was in, I just read an article. I did not know about Amazon Basics, and for some reason, that one really mm. struck me. It was like, who can compete now when they're getting mm. into the like, yeah. branding their own batteries and pens and yeah. paper well, clips? And that's the that's the whole genius of it. They have so much scale and knowledge of users and data that then they just like, oh, this is what people want. We will make them um, better cords that Apple makes that are terrible yeah. with our own brand on it and sell them for extremely low and be the top spot in the results queue. And you take all the best results, sell your own stuff, and then eliminate the competition from there. Fun, fun fact, they eliminate the competition by just buying them out. So if, if something's the best seller on Amazon, they'll go to them, put their logo on that product, buy that company and then just the the reviews and everything still stay too it's it's hilarious amazing so they yeah. could conceivably wade into the political realm at some point and we will live in amazon land <laughs> absolutely yeah because their power will be so great 
and then again we'll be in a dystopian future that's I, I thought by. with them uh, moving their new headquarters to New York and uh, Washington DC or the Virginia that's basically what's happened that, that's like, the move the politicians gave them huge concessions without a vote or anything and that was what it, what came down to was was being splitting it into two places giving them a huge like tax incentive and then President boom. Bezos yeah Respect the hustle. Okay, so my Respect the Hustle is a... I respect the band Wolfpack. Um, This is a little bit of an old one, um, but I think it's still relevant. And I don't think we've ever talked about it on the podcast before. And I thought I should bring it up. So in 2014, Wolfpack released a completely silent album on Spotify. And they told their users to, or their their fans to stream it, um, and just uh, stream it twenty four seven, so that they could, you know, make some money on on the silent album, um, and Spotify would be paying them. So they they made twenty thousand dollars off of it, and then had a tour the next year. Um, they used that money to fund the tour, and it was free admission for everybody. Love so it. I thought that was pretty cool. They pretty hacked cool. the system. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, Spotify I, was very angry. <laughs> I respect them because. Uh, our producer Scott just pulled up their website, and it looks like a terrible tab page. Which is, uh, it looked like it had to be wrong at first, but then it's just a sweet little joke, I think, because they love doing stuff like that. Yeah, they mess around in in the digital sphere all the time. It's very cool. When I was first uh, learning guitar and looking up tab online, it would look like that, which is you know fun little callback. Sweet e-com store. Great swag. Great YouTube channel. They they have a very nice visual brand as well. Mixes into all their uh, different uh, music videos. Everybody check them out. That's Wolfpack. Yeah. <laughs> Are you like an affiliate? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just made 20 grand on that. <laughs> Who's next? Sure. So mine's very quick. It's just that eBay uh, is back at it for Black Friday. Trying to outdo traditional retailers by creating a very simple little campaign called Better Than Black Friday Deals. Uh, And it's not much different from what we already talked about that a lot of retailers do, but they just start two weeks early and have all the deals out there before Black Friday even lands. That's what I'm saying. Everything's getting pushed back or pushed forward. I have always failed on eBay. I've tried to buy two things in the last year year and they've never been fulfilled like they've said like it's like the auto purchase but then like i bought two like single old baseball cards and like just like i didn't never get charged for them but like they just never showed up i don't trust ebay yeah they need that little prime icon yeah yeah it's not it's not reliable so i'm i'm over it but like they do have a great selection of baseball cards and a fun little pre-black friday black friday thanks nick yeah respect it well, um, I, sp- I spoiled my Respect the Hustle with my constant talking about Red Dead Redemption to the new video game. Because I'm a gamer now. Um, <laughs> look, look for my Twitch stream coming up this weekend. I got my, my uh, webcam last night. I'll be doing that. Saturday, he's going, he's Saturday, going pro. Yeah, I'm going to go pro. MLG. But my Respect the Hustle is just um, the, te- like the, 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 the team at at um, Rockstar who created the game. Um, like, I feel like this week probably 
I probably sucked through eight to ten hours of my life playing this game since like Sunday to Friday. Um, and maybe if you count the videos and clips I've watched on social media, it's probably more than that. But I'll just I'll just reference like I watched a video where uh, a Twitcher just followed around three random characters in the game um, and just saw what they did on a daily basis. So like they just followed a guy from the saloon all the way to in a 24 hour period in game time and just saw what they did. And the attention to detail of even the most mundane part of the, of the game, which is very like similar to you know, some of the themes in Westworld, HBO's Westworld, which like, you know, talked about like game loops and like, um, like how the game mechanics work and what people are doing. So you kind of expect it in old timey games. Like when you're not around, those characters are just saying still, and then they just magically appear when you arrive. Um, and, and this video just showed like that the characters have their own lives, their own kind of like stories that they go, they, um, work at the farm. They do f like various different tasks at the farm. Um, they smoke a lot of cigarettes and then they go back to the saloon when they're done their working day, just like everyone else. But like that, just the idea of the experience being so caught up in the details. I think I respect the hustle about that. Those little things really matter. And I think that can be an interesting lens for marketers to sort of start to put on how they craft experiences. The little details are gonna increasingly be what matters versus that like first three second hit. So that's my respect to hustle to that team for just like going above and beyond and making an experience where you just get sucked up in it. Riding a horse in the snow, <laughs> going exploring new places with no seeming point to any of it, yeah. but you're into it. So that's mine. That's cool. Very cool. They're constantly raising the bar. Because if, if, if all this attention to detail, it's like, it's going to be what players expect. So it's really cool. Um, my Respect the Hustle, um, a little bit in line with what we are talking about in terms of e-commerce and a bit of a throwback. Um, I wanted to bring up Dollar Shave Club because we were talking about how uh, e-commerce is kind of like leading the game, and I think Dollar Shave Club is a perfect example of that. Um, and I wanted to share some numbers with you because when I was researching this, I had no idea. So if you don't know, like they were one of the first to do a mail order system for like razors. Um, and so the creator of it, he basically like changed the entire industry that was really buttoned up and basically owned by Gillette um, and like flipped it on its head. So in four years, they doubled the web sales for men's shaving gear. Um, and then in the fifth year, they became the number one razor company with over 50% of the market beating Gillette. And then um, after that, they sold for $1 billion to Unilever, which is insane because it was just, you know, like a tiny little company basically run by one guy like in his garage um, giving subscription services to people for razors every month. And it was like a different concept, a different format. And I think why I respect it is because they, they instead of reacting to how online shopping and e-commerce was happening, he like anticipated what was going to happen. And he took a risk and it paid off. Cool. Love it. Yeah. And also, 
arguably all kicked off by that one amazing video that mm-hmm. the viral yeah. video yeah yeah still have still have like clients wanting that uh viral video which may or may not have been viral but debatable well i don't know anybody that's actually ordered anything from um this company the dollar shave club but irony of ironies is scott brought up the the article that ivana referenced and harry's is the uh sponsored uh ad on top of it and i'm a i'm a harry's guy uh uh, that's where i get my stuff from because their like attention to detail and design is like super cool and um they had a great content play going too, but they seem to have shut that down. But like, I, I just I went with Harry's versus Dollar Shave Club because it, it seemed like a cooler experience. But yeah, so but you super. do get your your razors online. Yeah. So what do you go in store for anymore? Like Me? anyone, anyone Jackson specifically? No, like anybody. <laughs> just curious. Soy lavender candles. <laughs> you can, I'm pretty sure you can get those online. <laughs> but debatable. Um, fun fact: you can buy Harry's on Amazon. So yeah, there's oh. that. Yeah, and not to go down a real rabbit hole here, but pants, I can't buy pants. True, do you know what like it, like isn't like hairyized yet or or Dollar Shave Clubized that should be deodorant and like toothbrushes, like Amazon that stuff Basics. Is, yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, we get that stuff. Sure, I, I, the deodorant's the one that's that's weird that you have to kind of test it out to mm-hmm. see if it works for you. Yeah, it's like. I don't know, there's some deodorants that just don't work for, like, individuals. Like, just, it doesn't match with their... <laughs> Did you smell yourself? No! <laughs> I had to burp, and then I just started laughing at you talking about deodorant. <laughs> that's funny. But that's a very simple fix. You buy yeah. a sample pack. Sure. And then you still never have to go to a store. You just test them all in little, little samples, and then you know which one's yours, yeah. and there you go. Yeah. You, you have heard of the toothbrush, though. The Quip. So you get a new, it's an electric toothbrush and you get a new head every like two months or something shipped to you. And then they also ship you toothpaste once every two weeks. <laughs> OMG. So there's that. Digital Peaks. Digital Peaks. And everyone's favorite segment is back. Digital Peaks. Starting off with Merc. <laughs> yeah, and Dub Sirens. All right, my digital pick, sticking with my brand, I always have to update you guys on the Boston Dynamics Robot YouTube channel. Oh, dear. Um, a month ago, they released a dancing robot, their, um, their uh, spot robot, which is their little dog-looking robot, and he dances to Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars very well. Better than I think anybody in this room can probably dance to that song. How dare you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Scott, it's terrifying. Scott's playing it on the screen right now, and he's like, I said he. Oh! <laughs> but he's like moving his head too to the beat. That's crazy. Yeah, I hate how it has like a turkey neck. Yeah. Oh, I also hate how it reminds me so much of that uh, Black Mirror episode. Yes. If anyone's ever seen that. Yes. Yeah. It's frightening. I like it. Anyways, we'll, we'll link that uh, in the description. Yeah, we will. Yes, we will. Okay, I guess my turn. What you got? I... Back to Amazon's dominance is just that uh, Amazon's streaming service has penned a deal with Bloomhouse Television for uh, 12 films coming up, uh, feature-length films. The whole point of why that's interesting is just that Amazon owns everything. Yeah. Just when you have that much money, oh, sorry, eight thematically connected movies. So... You get your entertainment from Amazon, 
get your batteries from Amazon, you get your razors from Amazon, and everything else in between. So, yeah, world dominance. Nick, when are they going to buy our like new Hallmark-style uh, holiday movies? Because that seems like they don't have that category yet. Well, Jackson, I meant to tell you, I started writing it, and it ended up with a lot more blood and gore than I originally intended. Dude, so maybe they off will. Off brief. Off brief. <laughs> I'll help, I'll help you get back on track there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, that's great uh, news. Also great news about your uh, failed attempt at uh, holiday Hallmark movies. Uh, my uh, digital pick is real simple. Uh, I've, I've been talking it up and listening to it. I, I'm not one to promote other podcasts on our podcast, but the, uh, the new podcast from Adobe um, by Gimlet called Wireframe, is really well done. Like it's, it's, I think Mark and I had that conversation. There's not a lot of like super great UX or design podcasts that are like consistently worth listening to. I've listened to all the episodes of this one so far and it's, it's really well done. There's great interviews. There's good insights. Um, it definitely kind of, um, talks about good design and, and, and they're really well done production values. We could learn lots from just how they like set up the, uh, the production values, but worth a listen and a download when you're finished listening to version control. Cool. Cool. Well, my digital pick is I'm bringing it back to PewDiePie again. Um, but as you guys probably know, he's been the biggest YouTuber with like 70 million subscribers for years, but very recently, um, an up-and-coming channel called T-Series, which is basically like an Indian music video channel, has been uh, riding his tail and is like threatening his spot as the top YouTuber. So a bunch of his fans have come together without him asking or anything, but have started to... It started with one guy called Mr. Beast, and he um, bought a bunch of billboards, and um, he actually went on TV, and he created memes and all these things to kind of spread the word to subscribe to PewDiePie. Um, and then other fans from around the world, like in India and Romania and all over the place, they started to just like print their own ads and post it around their cities or buy their own billboards or newspaper ads. And they're all kind of coming together in this initiative to keep PewDiePie on top. So I just think it's so fun and interesting because this, this digital community is coming together. Nobody knows each other, but they're coming together to kind of fight for PewDiePie and... Some of the content is hilarious. So very cool. I had no idea that anyone loved that guy that much. I yeah. thought he was. I thought after the the unpleasantness of of some of his like views, I thought he'd gone into the dustbin of history. No, because that was all. He handled it very well. Yeah. He 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 rode out the the wave and and did fine just after that. I thought he was just like a necessary evil sort of like <laughs> you know he was like he became popular and. He was one of the bunch, but who knew that there was actual full-on fans? Mm -hmm. We're spending their own money to like put ads around their cities. Wow, ads work. I think that's the lesson uh, <laughs> we all can take away after that. And there's like a live counter, and it's showing the like the the. It's like a couple hundred thousand of difference, and it's like constantly going up and down, that's and everyone's cool. like freaking out about it. But YouTube wars, like it. Yeah, we should get in one of those. Cool. <laughs> Once we started uh, filming the podcast. Yeah. Well, Why aren't we filming the podcast? Where's Andre? It's because we don't have to wear pants. Uh, <laughs> we currently don't. So. I am definitely wearing pants, 100%. And mm. we should definitely cut the segment out of talking about <laughs> us not wearing pants. We were supposed to wear pants. <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks for listening to Version Control, episode 36, A Black Friday of Amazonian Proportions. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to rate us on iTunes.